book of 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to take a look at verses 13 through 17 in a moment. 1 Peter chapter 2, 13 through 17. I want to, I want to preach on the subject today, set apart as citizens, set apart as citizens. Isn't it neat how the Lord works things out, how we arrive to this point as we're studying through 1 Peter together on this on this Sunday before the 4th. We're going to talk about our citizenship here um, on the earth and how we should submit um, to those who are in a governing authority. Now, the Bible has over 1,600 commandments in it. Now, believe it or not, believe it or not, of, of those uh, 1,600 commandments, a 1,000 of them, over a 1,000 of them, are found in the New Testament. In, in some manner, under some 800 uh, different headings. Uh, just just to, uh, to give you a few that, that may come to mind from, from the New Testament. The book of Acts and Titus tell us that we are to abstain from some things like idolatry or sexual immorality or all appearances of evil. The, the book of Romans tells us to avoid troublemakers. Timothy's letter tells us to avoid profane and, and, and vain babblings. Titus tells us to avoid foolish questions. Now, my, my oldest son would benefit from, from, the, from that one, all right? There, there are 74 different B statements throughout the, the New Testament. Be exceedingly glad. Be reconciled to your brothers. Be perfect. Be wise. Be ready for the return of Christ uh, among those. And then there are 30 or so uh, be-nots throughout uh, the New Testament. Be not servants of men. Be not unequally yoked together in marriage with unbelievers. Do not be drunk with wine. Uh, be not ashamed of God. Uh, be not conformed to the world. And then there's bewares and there's do's and there's do-nots and, and so much more. But I want to ask you this. Of all the commandments throughout Scripture, which would be the hardest for you to obey or follow? Of all that are in Scripture, there's 1,050 of them or more. Which of, the one do you th- which of those would you think would be the hardest to obey or follow? Personally, I think one of the most difficult calls for us in Scripture to obey is to submit to submit, whether it's to a teacher, whether it's to a boss, whether it's to a governor, whether it's to a president, whether it's to the law or your spouse or to the Lord, it is hard. It is hard to submit. Why is that? Because we like control. We, li- we don't like giving up the right to make decisions for ourselves. We don't like the idea of somebody else exercising authority over us or telling us what we should do or what we shouldn't do or what to do or how to live. It's hard. We're stubborn people. We're, we're prideful people. We want our way and-, and we don't like the idea of somebody getting in the way of our way. I heard about an aspiring presidential candidate who was traveling about the country campaigning before an election. And one afternoon, he was out chasing votes in a, in a southern state, and he stopped by a church barbecue. And the candidate was very hungry. He'd been working all day. And, and as the presidential candidate was moving down the serving line, he held out his plate towards a woman serving barbecue chicken. And she puts a piece on his plate, and then she begins to serve the people after him. And, and he says, excuse me, ma'am, do you mind if I have another piece of chicken? Sorry, said the woman serving chicken. I'm supposed to give one piece of chicken per person. But the presidential said, I'm I'm starving. 
been, been, been campaigning all day. I, I, I'm famished. I'm hungry. Sorry, said the woman. Only one per person. Now, now this candidate was a modest man. He was a, he was a respectful man. But at this point, he thought he might throw around his political weight a little bit. And he said to the woman, he said, excuse me, but do you know who I am? I am the future president of these United States. I am the governor of the state of Kentucky. I know more about chicken than most. And I know that this one piece will not fill me up. I please, I please can I have another piece of chicken? And the woman didn't bat nine. She said, do you know who I am? I am the lady in charge of this here chicken. Move along, mister. I've got people to feed. (laughs) Submission is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to put into practice, especially when it comes to being a Christian citizen. Notice I didn't say an American citizen first. I said a Christian citizen first. I was reading an article by John Piper, and he asked these questions. He said, should we be Americans with a pinch of religious flavoring, or should we be Christ's people with a pinch of America's flavoring? I'm a believer in Jesus Christ first. I am a Christian first. I am a citizen of heaven first who happens to be an American. But I never lose my identity that is found in Christ Jesus first. It doesn't matter if I'm an American or not. I'm a believer first. I pledge my life and my soul and my heart and my faith and my trust alone in Christ. Not the government, a president, a party, or a platform, but in Jesus. Being a Christian citizen means that I am set apart in the way that I live as a citizen who happens to live on earth in America. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we are called to set the example as citizens on earth and we should be the best at it. We should be the best Christian Americans possible. Now, when we're living in America, we set the example in submission to those that God has placed over us in government, to civil authority, as the Word of God commands us. I I know, I know, we live in an anti-authority age and culture. I've, I've never seen in my life, I've never seen more disrespect for government and authority than I have in my generation. And I'm afraid it's going to get worse. It's shameful the way people behave and, and, and disrespect one another in any realm, but especially in a country as free as America. It ought not to be said of the believer in Jesus Christ. Now, we are to stand for our convictions absolutely as Christians. And and we should stand for what is morally right and morally pure and holy in the face of those who live corruptly or perversely. We should stand upon the Word of God as our our main authority. But we should not do so in a way that would dishonor God, uh, that would dishonor the authority that that He has placed and ordained in our world today. We should be respectful Christians. We should be decent Christians. We should be noble in character to those who are in civil authority, to the police officer, to the judge, to the governing authorities of our area, to the governing authorities of our nation. We should honor God as we should submit to their leadership. God expects believers in Christ to submit to human institutions that he has 
ordained. We should set the standard as Christians in our character, in our conduct, in our concern for society, especially in peace. Now, here in this text, the Apostle Peter gives us a layout of how Christians are set apart as citizens and how we should live in response to those who are in authority over us. This is not the most uh, popular text throughout Scripture, okay? I, I promise you that. Uh, because, because some, and if you're honest, some of us might even disagree with what we're about to read. But it doesn't matter if we disagree or not. The Lord has said it, hasn't he? And, and, and because he has said it, we should walk in it. We should obey it. And, and so remember the context of First Peter. He's writing to persecuted Christians, Okay, in the first century, all over Asia Minor or modern-day Turkey, living for Christ in their day, in their age, was difficult. It came with a price. They were, they were being hurt. They were being alienated because of their faith. They were being targeted. They were being killed for their faith in Jesus Christ. The Roman Empire, the Roman government, was not kind to early Christians. Christians were arrested. They were tortured. They were executed publicly. For their faith in Jesus. Now it would have been tempting. As a first century Christian. It would have been tempting. To to buck the system so to speak. To go against those who were in authority. To be rebels of Roman authority. But they would not. Peter, Peter directs them to glorify Christ. Even if you're being persecuted. You glorify Christ. Everything we do. Should glorify the Lord Jesus. Amen. Whether it's at home. Whether it's in the church, whether it's in the office, whether it's on the job, whether it's in the shop or the factory or, or the store or the school or the government, there is a calling to us as believers to be set apart as Christian citizens who happen to live in the blessed United States of America. It's our responsibility as Christians to live a life of virtue, faithfulness, godliness before those around us. We are being watched by many eyes in how we live. And today's call is this. We need to commit to being the best American citizens possible as we follow Jesus above all else. Let's take a look here at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. There's some truths in our being set apart as citizens I want us to see. It says here, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king of supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free Yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. I want to share with you a few truths from this text. Here's the first one I want to share. There's a principle to live by as Christian citizens. There's a principle to live by as Christian citizens. And that principle is to submit. Everybody together, okay? Everybody together, say the word submit. Submit. Listen, a little bit with a little more authority. Submit. Submit. Very good. We are called to submit, verse 13 says, to every, every ordinance 
of men. Now, let's learn what it means to submit. It's a military term. It's a military expression that literally means to arrange information under the commander. Doesn't matter who's in charge. The king has supreme Peter writes or the president or the chief or the chairman. Every ordinance of men we're to submit. In Peter's day it was Caesar. Okay. It, it, the Bible says to submit to every ordinance of men. To every human institution. Why should I submit? Because God has ordained all of them. Romans 13 1 talks about that. God has ordained them all. God has created every foundation of human society. From your family, God created that foundation. God created the work foundation. God created the government foundation. And notice what the verse doesn't say. It doesn't say to submit to just those whom you voted for. Or to just those you agree with. Or to just those whom you like. It doesn't say to submit to those and not to those you didn't vote for or don't agree with or or don't like. God has even ordained those to be in charge as well. Romans 13, 1 says, Even those whom are ungodly in character, unwise in decision-making, foolish in leadership, corrupt in morality, He has allowed them the opportunity to govern. Peter would have lived in the days of Caesar or Nero, so to speak. Okay, Nero was a man who hated Christians. Nero was a wicked man, but he was still the emperor. Think about that. He was a wicked man, but he was still the emperor. Notice that Peter isn't found in Scripture. You never read about Peter advocating or organizing marches. You never see Peter organizing a revolt. You never see the Apostle Peter organizing a protest against Rome for persecuting Christians. He did not call for, Roman, for the Roman Empire wide strikes. He didn't call for strikes against the government. He led no personal crusade to change the government. Peter knew that he couldn't change the hearts of the leaders in his day. That was the job of the Holy Spirit. All Peter was called to do was represent Christ. To be a witness for the Lord Jesus. And Jesus, he knew, would change the leaders of his day. Therefore, Peter loved like Jesus did. Peter went about doing good as Jesus did. Peter went about preaching the gospel as Jesus did. He was not a public menace. He was not an annoyance. He was not a troublemaker. Christian citizens have a charge, a call to submit to every human institution, whether it be to a king or to one in authority. Now, I know we don't have a king, okay? So, so I want to paraphrase this verse in our day's language. It says this, submit yourselves. This is what it means for the American today. Submit yourselves to President Trump and to the Supreme Court and to the federal judiciary system and to Congress, and to Governor Roy Cooper in North Carolina, or Governor McMaster in South Carolina, to the South Carolina and North Carolina state legislators, to the state police, to the local police, to the principal at the school your children attend. If you live in Polk County, to the county commissioners. That list can go on and on and on. And pretty soon, somebody's going to be named that's going to cause you to gag on the inside. (laughs) Some people might be gagging as already. You have to think about some of the ones that you are called to submit to. These are our governing officials. The truth is, there will always be leaders we don't trust. 
There are always going to be laws we don't like. There are always going to be taxes we don't want to pay. What do we do then? Peter's answer is very clear. We submit. We submit. There are no exceptions. Unless we are called to obey laws that violate biblical morality or our obedience to God, we are to submit. It's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? As Christians, we should follow the laws of the land. If the sign says not to go over the speed limit, we shouldn't go over the speed limit. That's hard for me. (laughs) All right? If the law says to pay your taxes by this date, you pay your taxes by that date. If the law says to serve jury duty... You serve jury duty. If the law says that we're not to lie about our age, our income, our criminal history, our place of residence, we should not lie. If the law says not to discriminate based on race, color, sex, or nationality, we should not. Submission is the principle. The law is the law. It is administered by authorities that God has already ordained to be in position. And here's the thing. If we fail to do that as citizens, we will come complicate the system even further and we'll reflect a poor witness for christ in the end as christian citizens there is a principle to live by i want to share with you a second thing there are purposes behind being a christian citizen we'll read that here in verses uh, th- last part of 13 14 15 and 16 it says submit yourselves to every ordinance of man what's it say for the lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. This is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Our submission is for several purposes. One, it's for the Lord. Two, It's the will of God. That should be enough, right? It's for the Lord, and it's for the will of God. If there were no other reasons for us to submit than these, this would be premise enough. We do live in submission to that. Why do we live to those who are in authority? Because it honors God. And it's his will. We obey because we desire to honor and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when I served in, in student ministry as a youth pastor, many times, and many times uh, uh, I would share this with children and with youth. When I taught about authority, especially honoring parents and guardians and elders and teachers and coaches and bosses, I would say, I would say this often. If you can't honor them, you won't honor God. It's impossible. And that is the truth. If I can't subject myself to another fellow human being, how in the world am I going to subject myself to the Lord? Everything comes back to God. Okay, He placed parents in charge. So students, children, your parents are your guardians. They're your leaders. They're your authority at home. And you obey them and you honor them because in doing so, you honor God whom you proclaim to worship and to follow and to love. If you fail to do that, you fail to honor him. If you've got a coach or a teacher or a pastor or a boss, someone who has authority over your life and influence in your life, and they have responsibility to lead you and give you direction and give you teaching, listen to them. Talk less, 
Be respectful, pay attention, be responsible, do your work, contribute, don't be a distraction, honor them. As you honor the Lord, honor them. If you fail to do that, you fail to honor God. He's placed them in charge. It's the same with police officers and judges and government officials. Respect them. Honor them. Abide by their rules. And you do so. As you do so, you glorify God. If you can't submit to them, you can't possibly submit to the Lord. It is for His glory. And parents and adults, we should model the same type of submission before our children. So as you might be there nudging your child, you know, to pay attention. We should pay attention as well. We, we push them and prod them and punish them when they don't mind or listen or respect. Yet, if you don't do it with your life, that's so hypocritical, isn't it? Asking your child to do one thing and you do the other. Asking your child to obey those they work with, but you disrespect those whom you work with. It, it, it's, it's, it's so hypocritical. You, you, can't, you can't honor God if you can't honor one another. It is for the will of God for us to do right. It honors Jesus. It reflects how you submit to him. Remember what Jesus asked in Luke chapter 6. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? What is obedience about? Obedience is about following Christ. Obedience with Christ is what it's all about. I've got to ask you this morning. As a Christian citizen set apart who just happens to live in America, is the Lord involved in every detail of your life, including your submission to those who have been charged with overseeing the laws of the land? Lordship even involves when I am a citizen. So if I break the law, I dishonor Christ. If there are blue lights in my rearview mirror, there's a good chance I was dishonoring Christ. If I have a terrible reputation in my community, then I have dishonored Christ. If I'm in the principal's office or silent lunch or timeout, even though we don't call it timeout anymore, uh, you're dishonoring Christ. If you're trying to evade your landlord... You're dishonoring Christ. If you're trying to evade your taxes or your monthly bills, you're dishonoring Christ. The primary purpose behind submission involves your submission to Jesus first. Let me, the question may be asked, well, how did Jesus live? Jesus lived on some, under some pretty ungodly rulers too. 1 Peter chapter 2, 23 tells us that when he was hated, insulted, abused, what did he do in return? He didn't return hatred. He did not return insults. He did not return abuse back. He didn't utter threats. He committed himself to Father God who judges righteously. He let the Lord handle injustices. He let the Lord handle the unrighteousness. When you think about the life of Christ... Christ lived under unrighteous rulers in his day. Jewish and Roman authorities alike. He may not have agreed with or liked what they did, but he never opposed their God-ordained right to rule. He never sought to overturn their authority. You don't see Jesus leading rallies against Roman rule. He didn't even object to authorities who tried to crucify him, okay? You may be tempted to say, well, that's a weak man then. No, that's a godly man. That's a man who knows that there's far more to life than his political convictions. That's a man who is for the kingdom of God. Christ was not preoccupied with what went on in the government. He was preoccupied with what went on in God's government. 
Does that mean we turn a blind eye to injustices to our day? Absolutely not. Therefore, my heart should be broken by the, by, by the fact that states are still warring over abortion. It shouldn't even be an argument. Our hearts should be broken that government leaders are behind killing babies in the womb and saying that women have a right to do what they want to do with their body whenever she pleases. I should be involved by using my God-given right to protect life. I should be involved to do my part in advocating for life, voting for men and women of high moral and biblical character in the public office. I should be aware as an American citizen of what's happening on the border of our country. I should be in prayer for our president and his team who are trying to address a big issue at the crisis of our border. I should be aware... And heartbroken by the fact that in the American family, 33% of our homes do not have a father in them. I should be aware that a third of the U.S. population lives in poverty or at near poverty level. And while I should do all that I can as a good citizen of the United States and love people and show grace and show compassion and charity to those in need and stand for life and liberty for those who don't have that privilege, I cannot lose sight of my primary purpose for being here, and that is to be a glorifying a glorifier of Jesus Christ in every way. Christ was focused on advancing the kingdom of God above all else. Now, I'm out of time, but I want to I close with this last thing. There's a bigger picture, okay? There's a bigger picture behind being a Christian citizen. All right, and this is one I want to share with you to close out today. It says in, in verse 16 that we are free. We should live as free men and women. Not free as Americans. He's not talking about that. America wasn't around then. He's talking about living in freedom as a believer. This is why we submit to God. We are the freest people on the planet. Okay, and he says, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. We should not use our freedom as something to abuse. Just because you have Jesus doesn't mean you live recklessly. Okay, we are servants of the Lord and we use our freedom in Christ as a tool to build with rather than a weapon to fight with. We are Christians who have been set apart to live differently than the society. Therefore, we should be the best at honoring all people, Scripture says. Every person has been created in the image of God. In the first century, most people viewed people as slaves or free people. Slaves had no rights, but Peter tells us to honor all people. We of all people should be the most respectful people in the world. Honor all people, even if they don't act honorable. You honor them. He says, love the brotherhood. Show the world how to love the church and be a church. Christ said to love one another as he has loved us. All men will know we're his disciples if we have love for our brothers, love for one another. Peter says, fear God. Trust him is what it means. In all circumstances, fear God, revere God, worship God, submit to God. And then he says, honor the king. He kind of brings it full circle. 
meaning honor those who have been placed in charge. They are God's appointed people to carry out earthly authority. They are worthy of our respect. And there is no additional clause or conditional clause here. We're to do it. And the big picture here is that it reflects your worship of the Lord. It reflects our heart. It reflects our motives. It reflects our character. It reflects your integrity and and, and trustworthiness. It reflects your citizenship. Believers in Christ are even to be set apart as Americans or, or wherever your earthly home is. Don't compromise it by living foolishly. Christ has given us freedom to live for him in every way of life. To be set apart for him in every way. So being a believer in Jesus doesn't mean I have the freedom to do what I want and obey what I want and honor what I want. Your freedom in Christ is not about you. It's all about the Lord. Submission is about God. And until we grasp that, we're going to continue to struggle in this arena. So here are two questions to ask yourself this morning. Do I believe that God is to have full control of my life, even down to the tiniest of detail. And the second question, do I believe that I'm living as God has commanded in his word for me to live as a believer, as a citizen in heaven first, but also as a steward, a citizen here on earth? If you can answer yes to those questions, then that means you can learn to submit to authority in your life. And until you can answer yes, you will struggle. Here's the bottom line of all that I've said. Live for God. Show the world that true freedom comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This past week, I read Oswald Chambers, and he's the author of My Utmost Forest Highest, a a treasured devotion. But he included a three-word phrase near the end of every letter he wrote. And this phrase summed up his whole life. He would say, be absolutely his. Be absolutely his. And that's what Peter's saying in this letter too. Be absolutely Jesus at church. Be about him. Be absolutely his on the job. Be absolutely his in the classroom. Be absolutely his in your relationships. Be absolutely his in your country. Submission is a serious, serious issue between you and God. Are you absolutely his? It's with that thought that we're going to enter into a time of communion this morning. Now, where does this tie in? Like, how in the world do we tie communion to uh, God and country? How do we tie that in? All right, well, well, we don't take communion up just because it's fifth Sunday. But it fits right on, okay, in the message we are today. We partake in the Lord's Supper because Jesus submitted to God in every area of his life, including his death. And because of the Lord's Supper, because, because of what Christ has done for us, we get to partake in the Lord's Supper. Christ died. Christ was obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross, Philippians 2 talks about. So that he may be exalted and glorified and praised throughout the world. I want to challenge you today to, to do as Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen through 34, to examine yourself before we receive communion today. Understand the price that Christ paid to set you free. And if you find yourself today 
not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, there's not a better time than to give your heart to him. Okay, we, we receive communion to reflect upon and celebrate the, the, the blood being shed and the, and the life being given for us, the body being broken so that we can remember Christ throughout our lives. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Do you know him as your Lord? If so, this means so much more. In Christ, there is freedom. Freedom to live for him. Freedom to live in the joy of a relationship with God. Freedom to know that I'm, I'm going to heaven. I have an eternal home, but I have an eternal purpose on this earth to fulfill. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a citizen of heaven above all else. Let me pray with you, and then we're going to have a time of reflection. If you, if you need to respond to um, this message in, in any way physically, if you need to come and, and, and pray and repent of sin, if you need to, to turn over uh, something that you're not surrendering yourself to, um, if there's, if there's a conflict between you and another brother or sister, you, you go and be reconciled with them. If you want to come and just praise God for salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ that you have in him, you, you come. If today is the day that you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, oh, I, I, I plead. I urge you to give your heart to Christ. Trust him as Savior. Father, thank you for the power of your word today. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, that we are citizens of heaven who just happen to live here on earth for the time being. And while we live here, while we live here, we are to honor and glorify Christ in every facet of our life. God should be glorified in the way that we speak to one another. God should be glorified in the way that we treat one another. God should be glorified in the way that we choose to honor one another. God should be glorified in the way that we respect and honor those who are in authority. And I know for some it is very difficult because we disagree with current direction or we disagree with those who may be in office except you didn't set that condition you said to submit to those who are in governing authorities and scripture tells us that unless they're leading us astray in biblical conviction unless they're leading us to do something against the word of god that would compromise our relationship with jesus we are to submit Lord, may we take that challenge very, very seriously. Of all the Americans in the country, Christians, Christians should set forth the example in the way that we live, in the way that we treat one another, in the way that we work, in the way that we enjoy our liberty in Christ. God, thank you for this blessed time of communion. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to remember the body and blood of our Lord Jesus. It's very fitting today that we celebrate Christ whom died for our sins, who sacrificed his all for our salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom we have alone in Jesus Christ. I pray this morning that if there are those who need to turn their hearts over to Christ, that today they would submit to God. They would yield over their life. They would yield control. They would surrender their hearts to the Lord Jesus and say, I, I will follow you with my life. I want to trust in Christ and worship Christ with my life. I pray, Lord, for you to deal with our hearts here as we reflect on this communion time. And will you bless it, Lord, and will you, will you, will you honor it in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen. Tammy's going to play for just a moment. If you need to respond to the message in any way, you can do that. You come.